Eddie's still dead. Gone. This is crazy. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank at Sniper's Hoid. I don't even know. Nah, anyway, I don't even know if I'm going to start this dang thing. It's like craziness. Ghosts and shit. Hey, it is October, which means Halloween. Haunted shit. I saw some guy on Facebook was at that St. Augustine's Lighthouse, Florida. Haunted. Haunted. Saw something else, too, about Haunted. There was a lot of haunted horror movies on. I don't know. Ah, forget this. I got nothing funny to say. I got nothing to do. I'm just going to talk some stuff because you guys want a podcast. Um, Interesting class. Last weekend. Mile high. Colorado. Great conditions if you want to put it all together. Great conditions. I mean, we had the first day, super mellow, classroom, 100-yard zeros, everything's good. Maybe six-mile-an-hour wind. Maybe. Second day, wind pops up to 10, 12, right around the 8-ish. You know, a little higher, about 12 to 14 by the end of the day. I think we were averaging not a full value, but a, 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 a cosigned 14 mile per hour. I think it was kind of acting 8-ish. In smaller class, it was a makeup class, which was nice. Gave us a huge round count. Um, usually we do the you know 12 to 14. This was more of a six-person class, um, <laughs> which just cracks me up. We had, You get somebody... I had one guy, I, I swear to God, he probably was on like four classes and never showed up. But anyway, smaller class, which allows us a lot more flexibility. 308s. All but one were a 308. All but one were an Accuracy International. Okay, we had one Remington and then the five Accuracy Internationals. We had five 308s. 165 Creedmoor, and then I'm going to get into this too because it's important. One guy swapped his 308 over and used his 338 AI. On Sunday, I worked with one of the students, 338. And I want to talk about that because it goes to what I was saying with everybody because it, this was, it, 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 it's a tough, you, some of you engineer guys are pretty tough. Um, cause this was an engineer, kind of a Lockheed Boeing JPL kind of guy, California, um, smart dude for sure. And, um, you take some of the stuff you read too much to heart. I gotta say it, man. Some of that stuff is like taken to heart and it's like, you have to like really, really show them for them to believe you. And so, you know, it's like, Hey, I want to shoot my 338. I'll get into that first, and then we'll talk the wind, because the wind was really cool. So this goes into where I've talked about, you know, everybody with the heavies and stuff. So I go, okay, you got your 338. We'll shoot that on Sunday. What bullets you got? 300s. Okay. What's your muzzle velocity? 2750. Ain't going to work. Yeah, they will. They'll work fine, but they're not going to work to what you guys think is precision and accuracy. Will they reach the target? Yes. Will you hit the target? Yes. Are they going to work like you think they're going to work going 2750? No. And I proved it in crazy ass wins. 
So first off, we go to the thing. I got to magnums. You, you don't learn on a magnum. Number one, I'm going to preach and you may not like it. You don't learn on a magnum. Okay, magnums are a flinch factory. You take someone with solid fundamentals and then you move them to the magnum because you got to start all over with flinching, slapping the trigger and doing all this stuff because now they're into this big heavy recoil. So anyway, first group out of the gate is like a two-inch group and I'm like, shit, okay, this isn't going to be good. So tweaking, changing, doing this, doing that, tweaking, changing, doing this, doing that. So out of, you know, whatever. I have spark ammo in the Connex. I have spark, which makes prime stuff, Peterson brass, all good shit. 300 Norma in 338 with 250s. Go figure. I got 250 grain bullets. Nice. So I said to student, and um, I'm like, all right, you do your group. We tighten them up. And about the, I mean, there, there was part of, there was a couple things going on. One, he was, he was married to a monopod. And, and I get it. If you want to use your monopod, I'm not going to convince you not to. Like, you know, this is, this is the tough thing. I ran into this last class in Alaska. You'll get hands on with somebody. You'll like say, hey, that's not best practice. Okay, we shouldn't do that like that. Let's tweak you here. And then the guys will yell at you. I told you not to touch my stuff. And it's like, what the frig? Get yelled at and shit. And, and, wow, that thing's still playing. I hit a wrong button. I'm telling it to you. So it's like. Anymore now, people are short, man. With this whole COVID crap, with all the fucking bullshit going on, everybody's got a temper. Everybody's short. Nobody wants to hear it. And I, and, and I get it. I'm the same way with a lot of stuff. But it's like you'll move somebody and you'll tweak something. Like a good example, I see a guy. He doesn't have the best bipod. He can't tighten the lock, the cant out. And he's heavy heading it. And so you're always on those guys that are heavy heading a rifle, pushing over. So we'll take a guy and their, and their bipod doesn't lock out well. And what I'll do is I'll move the rifle a little to the right. So when they heavy head it and they're pushing left, they'll be pushed straight. So you start off with a small cant in hopes that when you put your head on the rifle, no cant. Ah, you touch my shit. It's like, holy cow. So monopod. Like, as we've mentioned a bunch of times uh, over the season, a lot of guys are showing up with rifle rests, game changer. That's a rest. Okay, you put it on a barricade, you rest your rifle on it, and it's a sandbag, yes, but it's a rifle rest. Same thing, you go buy a V-block or whatever at Cabela's, they have sandbag rests. A game changer, a wee bad. A Saracen, whatever, is a rest, not a rear bag. So trying to convince someone that's a rest, not a rear bag, not super easy because they want to use what they have and they spent a ton of money on it and it's dual use thing. 
I spent over $100 on this friggin' nylon and sand. I'm going to use it. But it causes issues. There's small fundamental issues that appear that then have to be corrected, adjusted, and modified. So the monopod, I'm not a big fan of them. Okay, he's using a BNT, no problem, I get it. They could be loose, they could be wobbly, you got to tight them down. There's actually more effort in a monopod than there is in a rear back. So these groups aren't great with the 338. And I get on the gun. My first two are in one hole. Literally, it's oblong, it's not perfect, but my first two are inside each other. My third shot, the monopod slips, and I felt it because he had it on like a plate because it was digging in the ground in a way under his mat because he had a real thin mat. And it slipped and it moved about a half inch on me, and it wasn't touching, but it was close. I shot about maybe five-eighths if you put them together, two and one, one by itself. And I went, yeah, you're monopod, dude. That's why you're seeing all this bad movement. Try this. So I get a rear bag. I go get a precision underground, heavy sand fill. And I have some, I've been trying all these different rear bags. I'm like, I I probably have eight rear bags right now that only vary quarter of an inch here or there, half an inch here or there, eighth of an inch here or there. Weight, two ounces this, six ounces here, eight ounces there. You know, small changes. I'm tweaking these rear bags to find the best middle ground, universal, what can we do? So I had this smaller, square, heavy, precision underground rear bag. Listen, dude, if you're married to the monopod, put this rear bag underneath it. Let it sit into that on the bag. Let's kind of brace the monopod in the rear bag and not leave it open. Okay, that works. His groups tighten up, and now we can go and move forward. Listen, while we're here, at 100, zeroing up and doing paper, and we got your group down to about a three-quarter inch group. And I'm seeing a ton of vertical spread. I want to get into that because the monopod. This I'm, I'm kind of not in chronological order here. I'm back and forth a little bit. So just understand the chronological order is not perfect. But the monopod is giving me crazy vertical friggin' spread with this student. And I'm seeing it. I'm going, see, dude, look at that vertical you got. And we measured it. We're looking at it. Him and I, because we're working alone now. Everybody else's 308s. I got the guy with the 338. Mike, take those guys. I'm taking this guy. It's just you and I now. Sunday, all day, you got me. Mike can handle the other guy. Small class. He can handle four guys, five guys himself. No problem. So I said, listen, let's experiment. Let's go to 600 yards. We got an Ipsic plate there. It's clean. Everything's going on. Do your best and give me a group on the plate. I got four tenths at 600 yards of vertical spread. Dude, you can't shoot ELR with that. Monopod. So we tighten him up. We get that going on. He's shooting his 250s, and I'm taking him out to a mile. Well, once we get past 1250, 14, 25, 15 and stuff, it's a little left, a little right. Now we got wind. I'm, I'm cranking with some wind. We're looking at about a 14-mile-an-hour wind at this point. It's early now. The wind's coming up. It's not crazy. I'm going from about 8 to 14 miles an hour early. 
So it's decent conditions, but there's still wind. And he's left, right, left, right. Hit, hit, miss, miss, hit, miss, hit, miss. Okay, it is what it is. You know, new shooter, new gun, the whole thing. I get it. Hey, man, I'm telling you, those 300s aren't serving you well. Let's try the 250s. Indulge me. I'll give you my ammo. I'm going to give you free 338 ammo to shoot. He paid like $86 for his burger bullets. Great stuff. Don't, I'm not saying that. Great bullets. Love them. Yellow black box burgers. Awesome. You paid 80 something dollars. I'm giving you free shit. You're going to indulge me. First round hit with 250s. Second round hit with 250s. Chasing no target with 250s. Less dope with 250s. Holy fucking shit. Said, listen, indulge me. Shoot a group at 100. We know what you did with with your 250 or it's your 300s. Do me a group with your 250s. Smaller, three eighths, clover leaf, all three touching. Boom. They worked better in the wind. They had less drop because the muzzle velocity's not there. Now, don't get me wrong. If you got 300s going 2950, they'll work. 2750? No. He hit. He hit fine. He was happy with the degree of success he had prior to me switching ammo. Begrudgingly, he had to admit his results were better with the 250s from 100 to a mile. We shot out all the way out. I got pictures of how much brass was on the ground. I think we shot about a, I, I don't know. We shot a shitload. 338. The 250s worked better. How weird is that? I don't know. I don't find it very weird at all. I kind of find it what we experience. So anyway, try it, man. Don't just default to the hype. Don't just listen to guys who have a thimble worth of experience who think that just because they shot a 300-grain bullet at 1,000 yards and it looked good for them, these people have no context. They don't know what good really looks like. So really, anything that hits looks good. Silly. Silly, I say. It's silly. That's my that's that's my story, and I'm gonna stick to it. Now the wind. Six miles an hour on Friday. Twelve Saturday. Morning on Sunday. Beautiful noon. Noon comes.
bomb, bomb. Noon comes and the wind goes crazy. 35 mile an hour average. Gusts about 12 miles an hour plus and minus off of that 35. I think we had up to 43 max. Cosine quartering, whatever you want to call it, wasn't full value. We were doping for 25. Our crosswind component was 25 miles an hour. Our full value read was 35. Mike and Frank are shooting the students, dude. I, and, and this is a great thing, like, because out there and the way we are, Mike, Mike's calling win like nobody's business. Sometimes I think he calls too much win for guys. I think they should do a little more of it. But we had so many awesome opportunities this past weekend for wind. The students were aligned to that philosophy where we got to use and shoot more wind. We gave them a choice. You got this wind. We can go over to the barricades and shoot short. We want the wind. None of them were really one guy. Was, was interested in the barricades, one guy. The rest of them were older, not really prs type guys. They're prone guys. They want to shoot for enjoyment. They're the golfer clan. They're the guys who are the golfers who go out there for them, who want to engage in a sport activity, who aren't looking to compete with everybody else, but they still want to have a certain level of proficiency in what they're doing. Got it. Worked great. So we doped wind. We shot every target to 1250 in the wind with these guys under varying conditions 308s 165 creed they rocked it okay they learned from it and the nice thing is even when the wind was at six to eight miles an hour it was perfect because then everything lined up in that first bracket the way we talk about. So now we get into the brackets, right? So we know these guys all have four-mile-an-hour guns, the 308s. Okay, we had one that was close to like a three-mile-an-hour. He was like a 3.5. So now we're going to talk in brackets of the four-mile-an-hour. So we were in second bracket at that eight-mile-an-hour zone. The first day, we're in the first bracket. Second day, we're in the second bracket. Third day... We're in the fifth to seventh bracket. So what that means, brackets. If we know it goes 0.1 every 100 yards to 600, and that's where we line up our scopes or our, our wind dope, rather not scopes, wind dope. So I want, to, I want to see what mile an hour gun I have. So what mile per hour wind pushes my bullet 0.1 mil Every 100 yards. In this case with the 308s, it was four. 6.5 Creed is usually around that six mile per hour. Okay, five, eight, six miles an hour. So we get these brackets established. We do what's going on with everybody. We're on it. Loving it. We got the first and second bracket. Then we got the third and fourth bracket. Now we're into the sixth and seventh bracket. This is experience that you want in a weekend class. It's like tailor-made. So we're using the model. We're using the formula. We sit down with each student. Boom. Here's your target, 400-yard diamond. 
What's our win? 25 mile an hour. What's your bracket? Five bracket. Go here. Go there. Do this. Do that. Okay. Put it on the plate. Now, how wide is the plate? Okay, plate is this wide. Can you put the gust and that on there? Let's put, instead of putting our, 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 our call to center, let's put our call to the left edge or the wind edge, the wind side, and let's hope we're adding any potential error to use the size of the plate, right? Put your bracket in there, put it up. Put your 0.8 and 0.6 on the plate. Got it. Fire. Impact. Impact. That's what we're talking about. They're hitting. In crazy. I mean, it was triggers go down. The wind was so bad. It, I mean, we're in 35 mile an hour winds, guys. We have to relay the information to the student because they can't hear you. Even with powered ears on, you can't hear anybody. This shit works, right? It's what's the wind? What's it doing? Get the crosswind. Boom, boom, boom. We use the cosine. We use some of Ted's stuff. Okay, we're about, um, I think it was 15 degrees, something like that. I'd have to look. But anyway, you know you know where I'm going. Um, You know, we're using the model as we've explained. I think it's number 89, whatever the case is. I don't know. You're going to have to, you know, you got to look it up. Um, So anyway, uh, it works, man. We got day one shooters, most of them with brand new rifles. The one guy in the 6.5 Creed never shot more than 20 rounds of centerfire. He's a pistol guy. 20 rounds of centerfire before the class. And he's making first round hits in a 25 mile an hour wind. Out to 675. He first round hit our wind plate in the white on Sunday afternoon in his final little test in that wind. That's because Mike's on him. It's a different focus. You know what I mean? We, we Yeah, I guess we can harp on you fundamentally and be like, don't stop the trigger, 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 don't stop the trigger. Hey, dude, follow through. Hey, don't stop the trigger, don't stop the trigger, don't stop the trigger. Oh, look, you jerked that one. And we could do that, and that's what happened. But at some point, it's got to be like, you're either going to listen or you're going to not. Right? You're either going to listen to me or what's the point? Why are you paying me if you won't listen to me? So I don't fucking chase you like that. Mark might chase you. I don't. Mike ain't chasing you either, but he's on you with the wind. He's making sure you understand your wind calls. He's making sure you get it and you understand what the plate size. I mean, that's why we spray painted stuff on that. We're going over. This is what you get. We got silhouettes on the side of the connexes now. This is what you're going to shoot. This is the actual size of the target. Most of them are sub-minute. Or we have both, you know, a minute, sub-minute. This is what you're going to do. 
Here's how you're going to do it. This is the lesson. We got the whiteboard out there. We're doing that. We're putting them in there and we're getting hits, man. And it's not that difficult. It's like, hey, dude, when speed's 18, what's your bracket? My bracket is sixth. Put it on the plate. Left side. Fire. Impact. Okay. Your 6.2 is your bracket, so he needs a little more. Your 3.5 is your bracket. All right, you need a little less. Your 5.3 in your bracket. All right, you're over here. So we're able, because we're giving you information that can be easily translated on the plate and in your head because it's visual. You know, the idea of, you know, how do you learn to shoot in the wind? Well, go grab a case of ammo and go shoot in the wind and you'll learn it. No, you won't. Fuck no, you won't. Because you don't have a plan. Because you don't know what you're going to learn. You're just going to say, I shot at it until I hit it. And I use this to get it. We're giving you a plan. We're giving you a formula. We're giving you a method to say, wind speed, 25 miles an hour. Target, 500 yards, plate size, 0.6 wide, bracket it. Solve the problem. What are you putting on the plate and where are you putting it? Tell me your answer. There's the question. 500 yard target, 0.6 wide plate, 25 mile an hour full value win. 35 but our value is 25 is what we're using you got a 308 shooting 175s and you got a 65 creed shooting 140s give me the answer go into the sniper side forum give me the answer go in the section for the everyday sniper podcast tell me how you're solving these win problems let me see your math You could do it in your head. It's good. It works. It gives you something you can look at and reference easily without a lot of issues. You could do it in the top of your head. You don't need software. You don't need this. You don't need that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to tell you, in those wins, yeah, we saw plus or minus changes. 0.1 usually. Come up a tenth, down a tenth, up a tenth, down a tenth. They did not always go in the same direction because everybody's different. There was no issues with aerodynamic jump with our dope from the first day in the six and eight mile an hour winds versus our dope on the third day in 35. We had a 10th here to get you to center, but you weren't off the plate with your elevation. Headwind, tailwind, bullshit, left, right, aerodynamic, you're going to miss. No. Dope the plate to center. You got more than enough real estate. I saw just as many give me a tenth down to hit that little bitty plate as I did give me a tenth up to hit that little bitty plate. Depended on the shooter. Wasn't the wind. It was the shooter. That's what we're talking about, man. We fix you. We look at you. We know what's... I can hear if you hit. I don't care. I got Mike on there in the wind. Yeah, we want to know where you're hitting because now we're looking at a wind call. Elevation, we're putting a water line on the plate. So when I dope you out, 
Waterline, waterline, waterline. That's giving you the best information I could possibly give you. Are there days we have such crazy winds we feel the waterline hit is corrupt? Absolutely. In crazy-ass winds, your shit's going to be corrupt. But if you have a good six-mile-an-hour wind, eight-mile-an-hour wind, that's not outside the realm of normal. Your shit will work. I find... The headwind, tailwind stuff needs a pure 18-mile-an-hour wind. So if you have an 18-mile-an-hour wind, but you zeroed it in a 6-mile-an-hour wind, that's only a 12-mile-an-hour change. I don't see that elevation swing that bad. Now, if I zeroed in a 6 and I'm shooting in a 25, yeah, I might see a tenth here or there nudge. But we've tried it. We've proven it. We've shot in head and tailwinds. We've shot in excess of 25, 35, 45 miles per hour. And hit chewing bars that are 0.2 wide. Think about it. What do you, what do you, what do you got to say, man? I, I, I know you don't want to. You don't want to hear 250s are better. The wind stuff works. The 308 was great to operate with. I mean, you could see, yeah, there are more misses with the 308. Absolutely. 6.5 Creed smokes it. It's it's a, it's in... I've been thinking about this, and I think I've been kind of saying it wrong. You know, we talk about the bipods. We talk about this different stuff. And really what it comes down to in my mind, thinking over it the last couple days... We're trying to work smarter, not harder. Smarter, not harder. Right? That's what it really comes down to. Yeah, can we do this stuff with a Harris? Absolutely. I could do it all day with a Harris. I got videos of me doing it with a Harris. But I got to work harder to get it right. I got to put in a little bit more effort to get it right, right? I might get four of those five shots right where I want them to be. That fifth one, maybe my position loosens up and now I got to reset the rifle for it. So that's a little, not quite. It's a difference between one five-shot group and five one-shot groups. Better bipod, I could shoot a five-shot group harder bipod to work with, I got to shoot one fucking five one-shot groups, right? Because I'm resetting every time. I might get three shots. I'm finding with a lot of this, I'm seeing more and more now, especially the Harris crowd, two, two, and one. Look at your groups downrange. Let's group analyze this. Two, two, and one. How many two, two, and ones you got down there? Two touching, two touching, one by itself. Two touching, two touching, one by itself. Three touching, one, one separate. Three touching, one, one separate. Your position's falling apart. You're fidgeting in the middle. You're moving. You're having to reset. And it's not so much a cheek weld as much as the whole system. You're not in the same place you started. Two, two, ones, two, two, ones. We're cleaning them up. It's all of that together. Two, two, one, two, two, one. 
Look at your groups. Let me know what they look like. What are you seeing in groups? What's the solution? Three and two, 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 one, four and one. Where's the fall? Where do you fall down? If you're noticing patterns, my groups always look like this. Noticing patterns. Every time I come off the 100-yard line, I shot a group, check my zero, do whatever I have to do. I got a group that looks like this. Maybe it's the 2-2-1. Maybe it's the 3-2. and two. Well, Ma, maybe you should start looking at what numbers these are and put a value to it. Because now we have established I'm creating a pattern with my groups. This is food for thought. I'm creating a pattern with my groups. Maybe I need to start now breaking down that pattern to shot numbers. Which two are together? Which one is together? Where do I see that I'm tying these together? Let's take the 2-2-1 group. Is it shot one, two together? And then a fidget? Shot three, four together? Then a fidget? And then one by itself? Shot five? Is it shot one, a fidget? Shot two, three together, another fidget. Shot four and five together, another fidget. What's the order of those groups on paper? Because that's the next step to tell us where it is. Where am I falling down? Where am I having to reset? Is it my trigger? Trigger's usually the number one, but not so much. And, you know, these groups aren't bad. They're not huge, maybe five-eighths, maybe half-minute, maybe right on the edge. They're sub-minute. Where are you falling down? That's the questions to ask, man. So that's what I'm looking at this week. That's what, what's going on. Had the class, went off well. We're done with the seasons at Mile High. I got the Brian Whalen class coming down at... um. What do you call it? Uh, Blue Steel down in New Mexico. Good wins. You want to do win shit. It's your last opportunity. October, no, November. Sorry, November. Let me go get it here. I got to get my calendar up. It is November 6th, 7th, and 8th. 6th, 7th, and 8th, New Mexico. Go to ColoradoPrecisionRifle.com, Colorado Precision Rifle's website, CP Rifle, CP Rifle, all one, dot com, if you want to come and learn some of this. Do you want to be that guy? Or do you want to actually learn something? No, there, there is no substitute for professional instruction in any endeavor. None. We got, a, we, got a, we got about a half a class right now in New Mexico lined up. If you want to get in, man, get on it. A bunch of people already signed up. It's going to go out quick. If you're waiting, I know you got 30 days. Fuck, they're going to lock everybody down in COVID again anyway. All this shit, whoa, we're coming back up again. Up, 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 we're seeing cases. They're so full of shit. Let's get it done, man. Come on out. I'll talk to you about this. You, We're going to stay on site. We're all going to be there. If you stay in the bunkhouse, you'll have 24-7 access to us. Brian and I, nice little rig down there. We'll get some food. We'll eat. We'll do some stuff. It'll be a good end of the year class. Got tread proof next week. Might have a surprise for you guys. 
Treadproof people. Um, looking like 14 or so mixed in right now. I got a good size class, 14. Good number. I got a surprise for you, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out a surprise when you get the tread proof. I'm not gonna th- spill it yet, but be prepared. I'm gonna make it interesting. I think you'll like it. I hope it works. But it'd be cool. Anyway, this is where my head's at, guys. Okay. You gotta, you you gotta experiment. You gotta look at it. You can't be afraid. You know, go. Don't just take what you read as gospel. Look at the people who are going out and doing it. Look at the ones who can demonstrate it. Look at the repeatability through students' actions. In other words, I'm able to take what's in my brain, spit it out my mouth. Stick it in your ear, and it works. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're looking to do with this stuff. That's why we're putting this information out there. We're, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't listen to any other podcasts. I listen to Kalen and Phil a little bit, but I don't listen to really any other shooting podcasts, so I don't know what they're talking about. Couldn't tell you. I try not to do that because I don't want to influence me in a negative way. I've always done that. You don't see me, like you'll see me on Facebook here and there just because it's Facebook, but fuck them what they're doing. Them and Twitter right now, that's a bunch of bullshit. But anyway, um, you don't see me on other websites, other forums, because I don't want to basically influence myself with what like Accurate Shooter's doing and go their direction. I like Paul. I know every, he does a good job. In, in His focus is more F-classy, bench-resty, th- those guys. A lot of those guys do a lot of really good articles uh, and, and provide details because usually it's a comp setting. They're out there shooting. They're showing you what you're doing. They're showing you group sizes. They're doing this stuff, and it's not like – yeah, I smack steel, take my word for it. It's it's a little bit more methodical in my mind, kind of some of that stuff, but it's good stuff. Anyway, you know what I mean. But it was great class. Thanks, everybody that was there. It was perfect. It was a perfect small follow-up. After we, I mean, we did like 14, 14, 14, and then, you know, six, which was like perfect because we did these last makeup classes for Mile High because we, we had moved everybody from like May and June to September and then did our September. And then this was kind of a spillover and weird. Um, I had, I actually had 12 in the list and only half showed up, which was strange, but it happens. I get it. This COVID's made a big mess of shit. Think about this stuff, man. You know, I'm reading today, guys are looking at software again, you know, and and they're playing around in software. And the guy's changing, he's doing headwind, tailwind in Hornaday Ford off. And he goes, I changed the wind speed five miles an hour and it's moving me a tenth. It's like, nah, dude, a five mile an hour wind isn't moving your elevation a tenth. The software's wrong. I'm depending on it. It's, it's, It's depressing to read. It's not right. Well, yeah, because it's just trying to predict based off of like this thing and it has to do it the entire time. It can't say, yeah, it happens here, but not here. It has to say if it happens at 100, it happens at 1,000 or it happens at 1,000, it has to happen at 100. That's the problem. 
It doesn't have these offsets. It doesn't have these retardation factors where the things don't go in a straight line. It, 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 it falls off. So it's good here, but not here. But software can't do that. I don't know. I, I I'm 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 happy kinda. I actually been happy running the A B. We've been I've been just hacking A B and I'm happy with it. I put it in I got it in the Garmin, so I've been running it more again because of the Garmin. I put it back with my Kestrels. Hornaday did some weird shit, and I don't know what you guys did, but like that that angle of attack stuff and you change the software in like a fundamental way. So I took my Hornaday Kestrel and I kinda Kind of ditched it to the side, man. I went back to the AB, and I'm happy to hack AB and use that, and it's working good for me. You know what I mean? I'm not using the DSF or that. I'm doing it manually, 600, 800, you know, muzzle velocity BC, and it works, and and I'm happy. You know, there's some other software. Because I I actually was using Traceall to do a bunch of stuff, um, again, because it's quicker, less menu-driven. So on my phone or something, when I'm talking to a student, I was using Traceall. Um, it was just easier, but it, it works. You know, that was mainly for the elevation in the wind and to back up numbers and, and different things. But no, nah, that's where we're at, man. All right, guys, I'm going to split out. I, I just wanted to get something out there. It was on my mind. We had the class. Uh, went well. Thanks, everybody, for a great season. Um, we'll, we'll put out our stuff soon. I'm hoping by November I can have a list for you guys. I get with some of you guys, everybody's beating me up within the last two weeks. Um, got hit up today. Hey, where's your schedule? Uh, it's a little too soon, man. Mark's got some stuff out there um, for Alaska and those classes. I'm getting questions. We're looking at Pennsylvania. I got a venue in Ohio right now. Um, I got a bunch of places um, that I'm looking at to expand 2021. So... The hide, man. You got to come over to Sniper's Hide if you want to talk about that stuff. Um, if you're looking at class schedules, if you're looking at anything like that, you got to come to the hide. Because um, I'm, I'm not going to do this in 10 places. We will do the PrecisionRifleTraining.net website. So we'll have one place you can find it when we have it. But if you're inquiring, if you're trying to, are you going to be here? Are you going to be there? You're going to, and you're going to be in more conversational mode. You either have to email direct or go on Sniper's Hide in those forums and that. Um, Mark's been doing a lot of the, the scheduling. So I would recommend talking to Mark at Wiggy's Alaska. Give him a call. He's probably bored. Um, go to Wiggy's Alaska. You know, I think it's WiggyAlaska.com or something. And you can ask Mark. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to take off. This should be good and tide you over so you got something to think about. Think about it. Don't just accept it. All right? Out. Eddie's gone, man, still. I like, eh, you know what? I wasn't as big a fan as I thought I was. Yeah, I like him. Plays good. And I'm just not, there's only a couple songs I like. Later. <laughs>